When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And what's up? Welcome into another edition of GC Live Monday episode of the show. I'm Wes Mitchell. He is Chris Clark. And Chris, I'm going to read off some numbers for you here real quick. And I think very quickly, people are going to see where I'm going with this. South Carolina 67 to 62. South Carolina 1 to nothing. South Carolina 8 to 1. South Carolina 4 to 2. South Carolina 3 to 1. South Carolina three to nothing. That being the scores of six of the seven sporting events for South Carolina on Sunday, capping off a very successful weekend, of course, highlighted by the Gamecocks taking home a women's basketball SEC tournament championship, which has just almost become like clockwork for this team six of the last seven years. Uh, Don Staley and the women's basketball team has won that crown. And then, of course, South Carolina baseball improving to 10-0. But a really successful Sunday for South Carolina athletics. The only loss on the board, a women's tennis loss to Georgia. So we, we call it technically not a perfect Sunday for South Carolina, but I figured seven sports in action, six Ws, including a tournament championship um, at the conference level. We went with the succinct, perfect Sunday as the title. Not quite perfect, but a good day for all Gamecocks everywhere, man. Yeah, and and perfect is still an okay, uh, you know, adjective, I think, to describe the weekend. Uh, Gamecock women's basketball team, as you said, Wes, another trophy for Dawn Staley. They're going to have to build a separate facility for all of them, I think, uh, with, with everything that they've done. Amazing run that they've had in the postseason beating a Georgia team who's been red hot, Georgia beating Texas A&M, who is an excellent team that beat the Gamecocks, by the way, in the regular season uh, to, to get there. Johnny Taylor doing a great job with Georgia, but the Gamecocks pulling out a tough win there, winning another tournament. And the baseball team, I mean, that, that's been obviously a, a huge storyline, um, you know, this season getting off to, you know, you said perfect Sunday, the baseball team's still perfect. Uh, and it includes two wins over Clemson. Uh, so already got that series and uh, a couple other series victories, a couple wins over Winthrop. So uh, big, big occasion for the baseball team also. And I was actually actually got a chance to look at the team on Sunday for the one nothing win. Mercer's pitching was was outstanding on the day, but so was South Carolina. So uh, a big another big series win for them that they can sort of ride, you know, going into uh, what's going to turn into a very difficult slate now going forward, getting into conference play, Texas before that. going to be very interesting to watch. 
And uh, before we get rolling on to anything else, of course, I want to tell everyone about our primary sponsor here, our presenting sponsor. He is our good buddy, Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network. Check him out, clinthammond.com, 803-771-6933. Not only a sponsor of the show, but a good friend of mine, a big-time Gamecock, and a GamecockCentral.com reader and poster. If you're in the market for a new home, thinking about maybe upgrading, thinking about maybe saving yourself a little bit of money, um, Save some money with Clint, then turn around, subscribe to GamecockCentral.com with that extra 10 bucks you save. Probably save you a little bit more. Interest rates never lower um, than they are right now, so a great time. Even if you're in a home that you love and you're happy and you want to stay there forever, refinance that sucker, either uh, get you a lower monthly rate, or basically you can uh, you know cash out, refi, and uh, get yourself, uh, take advantage of some of that equity maybe you've built up for a while there. So check Clint out, clinthammond.com, 803-771-6933. Uh, he's, he's our guy here. He's our presenting sponsor and promise you that he will take care of you. What's up to all of our chatters that are already in there? Let's see, CJ, Daniel, Kevin, what's up, guys? Y'all get the early shout-out since y'all are here. Early noon show today, of course, if you're joining us on um, any of the podcast uh, post uh, show, not streams, but any of the podcast platforms, you can always catch our show live on Twitter, on Facebook, or on YouTube, youtube.com slash Gamecock Central. Please subscribe there or subscribe wherever you get your podcast um, feeds. So, Chris, as we said, big weekend for South Carolina across the board. Um, and, you know, I, I think may, maybe the weekend as a whole dampened a little bit by another big South Carolina men's basketball loss. That, that probably the, the biggest, I guess, L for the Gamecocks this weekend. But, you know, we, we have not talked a ton of women's basketball on this show. But anytime you do what this group has done, I think we have to make it a point to take a little bit of time and appreciate what Dawn Staley and this team and this program – I shouldn't even say team. I think program is the best way to say it because – this is not just a team. This is not just a sort of, you know, a flash in the pan. Maybe you have some veterans and or maybe you get a star player. You know, you, you had the best player in program history in Asia Wilson, um, you know, who obviously graduated a couple of years ago. It's not just you get lucky, you get hot. This is an, a program that is built for success. And when when it gets to a point that it's almost expected that that can be a little bit scary I feel like and you know the the expectations that are set for her program now are different you know than the expectations for any other program on campus and but that is because of their own success right so um, it's a little bit different for them but you know, they didn't necessarily play that great going down the stretch of the season. Uh, obviously, the loss to Tennessee that ended the SEC streak of wins, the loss to A&M uh, where they clawed their way back and actually put themselves in a position to go win that game, couldn't quite pull it out at the end. But when it becomes time to suit up for the SEC tournament, this team – just I don't even know how to describe it. It's like it's go time at that point, and they, they get another uh, championship. You net Chris, I I think 
as a fan base, you never want to get to the point that you don't appreciate titles because, yes, it's almost expected, but you can't get to that point to where it's just, oh, it's just another title because uh, these are not easy to come by. Yeah, they're not easy. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's going to be the next words out of my mouth. It's not easy. It is expected. And that's why every time this team loses, I mean, there, there's more talk when this team loses than when they win. You know, and I think unless it's a big, you know, SEC tournament title, that that's going to create more buzz. You know, each, you know, NCAA tourney is going to create more buzz. Them going undefeated. I mean, last year they're 32-1, and 16-0 in conference. Unfortunately, didn't get to play in the NCAA tournament. It was canceled. A lot of people thought that, you know, there's all this – hand-ringing over would South Carolina have won, would Oregon have won. We never get the chance to see. But they have been so, so good in terms of winning that it is expected every time they lose. I mean, I remember the, the Tennessee streak that, by the way, ended a – how many games was that, Wes? I mean, 20, 30-something games that they won in a row in conference. I mean, that by itself is remarkable. Um, but, yet yeah, the focus was more on Don got outcoached or this and that. I mean, it, it was just crazy. So – they get revenge against Tennessee in the tourney. They win the SEC tourney. Now they'll go into postseason play, and we'll see what happens. But the fact that this team, West, that this program, like you said, where Don Staley has taken, it's remarkable. I mean, you look at first year, which was all the way back in 2008. It's hard to fathom now. She was 10 and 18, right? And then from there, it's a steady build. It's 14 wins, then 18, and they've never looked back. They've never lost. They've never won less than 25 since then. Um, it's included a national title. You know, it's included a Final Four, a few more Sweet 16s, six, you know, of the last seven SEC tournaments. So it's been remarkable. And so I, I totally wholeheartedly agree with you that people definitely need to appreciate it. No matter what happens, you know, once we get into postseason play here uh, with South Carolina, watching these girls play, they've done a tremendous job. She's done a tremendous job building that program. And I think the exciting thing is, like you said, if you're a Gamecock fan, they haven't played their best yet. They turned it on, you know, for the tournament. Will they turn it on in the NCAA tournament? We'll see. And they also, as SC Scout guy mentioned earlier, you put up the comment, West. they have a really, really good recruiting class once again coming in that's going to stock this team with some young talent again. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think, man, it, for, for part of this year, I, I think this is a team obviously – you had so many freshmen play last year that are now sophomores. And that that team, obviously, last year, I tend to believe was going to have every opportunity, every chance to go win another national title. As you said, it got taken away from them. But all those freshmen became sophomores, but you also lose Kiki Herbert Harrigan and Ty Harris from that team. And I tend to think – when it's been go time, when they have been in some tight games, when they have been in situations where before maybe you're leaning on those veterans to sort of take command. And, yes, the freshmen are now sophomores, but they didn't necessarily have to have that ownership of the team last year. So now maybe they've been put in some tight spots and you're waiting to see who's going to step up and who's going to make plays, and who's going to sort of take over. And, you know, I think, golly, man, you look at Aaliyah Boston yesterday, uh, I think 27 points, 10 boards, um, showed some fight. She uh, she sort of took over that basketball game. So, to me, 
that that's going to be the key moving forward for this team is who who steps up in the key moments, who can go make plays in the key moments. And um, th- to me, that that's sort of that veteran leadership from last year's team is what you're still sort of waiting to, to see from this group. Just and again, you know, Chris Wellbaum for us, he covers like every single game. He's he's as tied into that program as anybody. So I don't want to speak like I'm coming at it from some insider perspective, but just outside looking in, um, they definitely miss those, you know, those girls, I, I think, especially the first half of the year. And they've been sort of trying to find themselves. Maybe this tournament championship is something they can build off of moving forward, moving into the big dance and, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, for them, make, make another run at this thing. So we'll see, by the way, you mentioned another recruiting class, man. Um, it just, it just keeps coming. I mean, According to ESPN.com's rankings, number one, this is for 2021 class, number one point guard in the country, number two combo guard in the country, number one forward in the country, and then the number five combo guard in the country um, coming to South Carolina. So uh, they, they just – they keep adding talent. Don Staley keeps adding talent. And, frankly, no sign of that slowing down anytime soon. So – We'll, of course, have complete coverage of the women's basketball team on GamecockCentral.com. Again, Chris Wellbaum doing a great job. He's covered he's covered that program since before all the trophies in the case and since before they were a national power and, and is really tied in there. So uh, kudos to Chris, another great job covering that program this season. We mentioned baseball, a one-to-nothing win over Mercer on Sunday, completes the sweep. Again, another sweep for this team, 10-0 to start the year. We, we all, you know, maybe had pretty high expectations for this group. I don't think anybody was predicting 10-0 to this point. And, you know, Chris, I, I was sitting here, and I'm, I'm going to pull up the schedule here in a second. I was kind of sitting here saying, okay, what, you know, it's, it's a good start. When is that one, you know, you're, you're going to slip up in baseball. That, that's just the game. And I don't even know if you should call it a slip up. You're going to lose games. Even if you are the most talented team, you're going to face uh, a hot pitcher, such as what Mercer had on the mound yesterday. And, and maybe, maybe you lose the game one to nothing. Maybe you lose the game two to one. Um, you know, you're going to have a call go against you. And, you know, I, I think there, there was a home run uh, or, what ended up not being a home run that, uh, you know, was a controversial play that, that could have been the difference in the game as well. But point being, South Carolina has found a way to win games with their bats. They found game a way to win games with uh, playing low scoring, basically where, where the pitching stands out. And they, they found a way to win some, some close ball games so far as well. So I'm, I'm going to get it. We're going to get into the schedule here in a second because it's very interesting, but Man, so far so good. I, I don't want for us to, I think I think people have gotten a little bit caught up in the 10-0 start. We don't know yet what this team is going to be, what it's going to look like. So let's not extrapolate, you know, as far as what it means, but at the same time sort of find this middle ground here and appreciate a 10-0 start for what it is and what it is. It's very, it's a very impressive performance. Yeah, it is, and, and I'll go back to what we hit on often with this with this baseball team, including you know, Colin was the first person to bring it up when the season was about to get started. We had him on the show, 
and then after after the first weekend, and it was this team is a lot of what we thought it would be, right? They show the potential to hit for power. They have some speed. The defense still coming along, and the pitching depth was thought to be good, right? That that they were going to have good starting pitching, really solid starting pitching, plus a deep bullpen. And I think we've seen that through the first ten games, and they've beaten some good teams. They've had some good performances, like you said. Some grind them out, like yesterday. Some where they put up huge numbers hitting and while also pitching well. But, you know, in in some ways, again, this team at the end of the year, whatever happens, don't know how it's going to shake out. This team could be a really, really, really good team that has a decent SEC record because the competition is so good. And we're going to see that starting very soon with Texas out of conference. We see Florida, Vanderbilt, two of the best teams in the country, two excellent programs for years and years, as we know you know, they could lose both those series and still be a really good team, right? So uh, I, I still think we are learning about this team, but we have learned some things, and that is some of the stuff that we thought, the ability to hit for power, the the pitching depth, we saw all those things. And yesterday they faced a Mercer pitcher who threw from an interesting arm angle, kept the ball down. Colin had some really good thoughts on the Insiders Forum on Gamecock Central for our subscribers about sort of why this series and, and yesterday – why things played out the way they did. I mean, even Wes Clark yesterday didn't have a hit. I mean, he, he's only hitting like in the high 400s now, so clearly really struggling is Wes Clark. But, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was a very close game yesterday. But, yeah, really interesting team so far, and I'm, I'm really, really curious to see how this team's going to fare once they do get, you know, into the meat of that schedule. Yeah, and I, I think – my point and, and what I was hoping to convey here on the show, Chris, is that, you know, we, we can have – there can be nuance here. Like, I, I feel like there's sort of a – as it seems to a lot of times be the case in, in Gamecock Nation, there's like two maybe sides of this where anytime we post something about the team, there will be a side that will say, well, wait, you know, wait until SEC play. Wait until they play somebody. And then there's another side, for example, when Colin posted today that South Carolina cracks the top 10 in one poll, that being Baseball America, where they're up three spots and uh, they're number 10 uh, on the dot. D1 Baseball, they're number 12, up two spots. You have another sort of side of the faction saying, disrespect, disrespect, Um, we're 10 and 0. To which I say, in baseball, again, it's a very small sample size. So, I, if, if here's the thing: those polls and whether or not South Carolina has moved up or down are meaningless at this point. The polls will take care of themselves, I promise. And I'm about to run down the schedule real quick. You'll see why. But the, the teams in front of South Carolina on the poll, in a lot of cases, are teams that were ahead of them to start the year, you know, and probably have not done enough to end the eyes of the people who watch this stuff way more than I do as far as a national landscape or even an SEC landscape. Um, you know, they haven't seen enough bad from those teams to say there's a reason to, to move them back. So, uh, you know, 10th, 12th right now, that, that's just fine. There's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. So I, I think we can sort of have the nuanced conversation of, this is very impressive. There's a lot to like here. There, uh, This is a team that's going to have a chance to go a long way, while also holding up the fact that 
yes, South Carolina has done what they're supposed to do against who they faced. It hasn't been just bad teams by any means, but it's also fair and true to say, hey, it's going to take a big step up. And I, I for one, am sort of, you know, even though we're not really supposed to pull for South Carolina or pull for any teams, I'm sort of hopeful that they will not let down and lose on, I think it's, yes, Wednesday at the Citadel. That's your classic sort of little letdown type game because I want to see them undefeated just sort of for the excitement of going into this series with Texas. Um, Texas number 19 in the country right now. And, I mean, Chris, let's let's forget the, the midweek stuff. You got three against Texas in Texas, mm-hmm. which probably uh, that 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 matters. And then you know you play Davidson in midweek, but then at Vanderbilt, then you host Florida, and then you go to Georgia, which is a place that traditionally has not really been very kind to South Carolina. So I, I think you look, man. This this schedule, we, we've talked about it really all offseason, but um, the schedule is crazy, and it starts off crazy, and uh, it, it really doesn't let up. But I, I think you look, um, dude, South Carolina plays pretty much – now, it depends on which poll you look at, but pretty much like every team in the top five right now yeah. is on South Carolina's schedule. So – I don't know anything about the most difficult schedule in college baseball history, but at least on paper, the way these teams are right now, this one ha- has got to be up there. Yeah, and we knew it was going to be – I mean, it's it's going to be a big, a tough one every year, man, because the SEC is so good in baseball. You look even within South Carolina's division in the East, you're going to have Vandy every year, and every year they're going to be really good, and then you're going to have Florida, and every year they're going to be really good. I mean – they won the national title recently with a team that Kevin O'Sullivan, their head coach, said probably was his least talented team that he's had in a while. They won the national title. You know, so they're always going to be super talented. They're always going to be tough. You're always going to have the, you know, when you happen to have the trip, like you said, to Georgia, a place that even when Georgia's not all that good, you know, it's been difficult for South Carolina. You add in the non-conference with Texas. You know, you're going to play Clemson every year. Clemson's traditionally – going to be a tough program. South Carolina's already taken that series, fortunately for them. But, yeah, I mean, when you when you play the schedule that South Carolina does, it's, it's always going to be tough this year even more because of at Vandy, like you said, at Texas in the non-conference. So very, very difficult. And that's why I've continued to make the point that, look, ultimately this team is going to be judged by what they do at the end of the year in conference, right? Uh, where do they finish in the conference? And then where do they finish – in the NCAA tournament, how far can they go? That's going to be the ultimate judge, and that's completely fair. That's where you should be judged. But when you look at the conference slate, I just don't know that it's reasonable to say, well, they've got to hit this particular mark in the conference, or they've got to win the East, or they've got to win the league, you know, because it is so difficult. I think it's sort of like when you look at, you know, we cover football even more, Wes, and when you look at a a 12-game, you know, South Carolina football schedule, for instance, if South Carolina plays – you know, four top 10 teams in a year, you know, that's going to make it much more difficult, you know, to, to come out unscathed, even, even in years where South Carolina is really good. You know, the 2012 team, for instance, on the football field was, I think, the best in history. 
yet they run into at LSU at night and then on the road at Florida the very next week. And so it's difficult to come out unscathed. So that's going to happen even more in baseball. There's more games, and they play so many good programs this season in some difficult situations. Yeah, so D1 baseball's top five right now, by the way, Chris. Arkansas, Vandy, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Florida, in that order, all on the Gamecocks schedule. So that that just tells you crazy. Um, Let's see. So this weekend, I'll tell you one thing I'm interested to see and and something that sort of just crossed my mind, Chris, is Texas baseball – on the road for South Carolina, as I mentioned, and I'm, I'm trying to do two things at once here. I was trying to see the allowed attendance for Texas baseball because, as we know, in the time since this was uh, scheduled officially, Texas has said no um, – there is no more mask mandate in the state. They are one of the more open states – in the United States right now, mm-hmm. we're not going to get into all you know that whether it's right or wrong. But I'll be very curious to see what the attendance looks like, and may, maybe the most fans, certainly the most opponents fans, I think South Carolina will have played in front of. But I'll be very curious to see how many fans are in the stadium this weekend. Just a, a very quick look, um, trying to figure out exactly what that looks like. Um, I have not seen a uh, an article on on exactly what their attendance is right now. Yeah, I haven't either. We're gonna have to effort checking that out and seeing seeing what the deal is with as as we know, South Carolina had as South Carolina as a state had a few changes as well. And so the question on the part of the fan base there was, would there be any changes to the spring sports? There were not. So we don't know that yet for Texas, but certainly, I mean, this is gonna be. South Carolina's biggest road test, you know, to go at, at Texas is going to be, a, you know, like you said, a top 20 ball club on the road. Not sure about the fans, but there will be at least some fans there, and there could be a lot of fans depending on, on what the situation is there. So that's going to be different from them. It's going to be, you know, they played Clemson at Greenville, a little bit different, right? They're, but they're going to go at Texas. You're going to go at Vandy. So you're going to be playing right off the bat here as you get into the meat of the schedule, you're going to be playing some really, really tough teams on the road. So going to be a different feel for this team. No doubt. Um, so, yeah, we. by the way, we, we will not have a guest today. We'll probably effort one for Wednesday, and then we'll let Colin Taylor come on and go more in-depth about baseball probably on Friday and talk about, um, you know, what's happened so far. And then, of course, look ahead to what will then be game day for game one of this Texas series, which – Actually, is on the Longhorn Network, which I believe will be the first time I've ever watched the Longhorn Network. So uh, that will be an experience as well. But, yeah, as we said, so far, so so good. The pitching has been great. The depth has been great. Um, I've been most impressed with some of the guys out of the pen that maybe haven't played a whole lot. Um, so I, I think you look and we, we knew what South – we thought we knew what South Carolina had with some of these starters, but – the job that a guy like Jack Mahoney has done out of the pen so far that, you know, you, you look at some of these other guys that I, I would say Chris have just come in as freshmen, like Will Sanders, um, you know, and I mean, you hate to say it like this, but have just passed guys who were returning on this team very, very quickly. And, uh, 
you know, we're, we're seeing why, though, in the way that they've played. So the, the depth in this pitching staff has been something we talked about prior to the season, but I would say has probably been even better than we suspected because they haven't been just guys that have come out and been able to get outs. In some cases, and probably more times than not, it's been actually some pretty dominant performances from sort of your middle relief guys um, and newcomers at that. You muted, Chris. Oops, I was clicking around on something. I was wondering earlier if I was muted, so point against me for that one. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was saying Jackson Phipps is another one that's been really impressive. Jack Mahoney, you know, was a guy that – and Colin Taylor's, you know, talked about him, written about him a good bit. Um, you know, Jack Mahoney's a guy that didn't have the greatest, you know, offseason leading into this season. He was sort of up and down, but when the lights have come on, so to speak, and he's gotten in the, the game situations, he's been quite good, you know, in some big situations for South Carolina. You've got some returners. You know, Brett Carey, obviously, who closed out the game yesterday, is still excellent. But you've got, you know, Andy Peters and, and Jackson Phipps out there, Jack Mahoney, like you mentioned, Wes, um, and then some of the starters, you know, that have, that have taken a step forward. And uh, obviously the big, you know, six-foot-six freshman, Will Sanders, that you mentioned, has obviously been outstanding in some huge situations for South Carolina. So that, I mean, just leading into, you know, the Texas series and SEC play, that shows that these guys have been able to to get it done. I mean, you'd be a lot more worried if you're a Gamecock fan if those guys have sort of scuffled and struggled against some lesser, you know, quote-unquote competition, but they've been really, really good. And so that gives you, I think, a, a positive outlook heading into these series and then definitely for the future. I mean, some of these guys are really young. They're freshmen. Some of them are first-year guys, coupled with some of the veterans on this team. And the way that this team has shown the ability to hit, you know, is a nice compliment as well. Let's go ahead and sort of turn the page a little bit, go into a little football recruiting. That's, of course, uh, especially for Chris and I, is the football side of things. And then as, you know, as the next, I would say, week or so goes on, we'll actually, Chris, be turning our attention to spring practice. Hard to believe, but it'll be starting soon. And we'll start to sort of dive into some things we're going to be watching on the actual football team side of things, as opposed to just the recruiting side of things. But Kind of a quiet weekend, I would say, as far as football recruiting where South Carolina is concerned, but a lot of movement with maybe other programs recruiting South Carolina guys. And I think maybe probably the most uh, top-of-the-mind conversation on the Insiders Forum right now when it comes to recruiting is what is going to happen with the class of 2022 at quarterback for the Gamecocks. So you have some guys coming off the board just this morning, Drew Alar. He comes off the board, commits to Penn State. Uh, he, of course, from Ohio, a, a kid that South Carolina had offered. And um, somebody that, Chris, you and I were very high on. I, I think we both agreed. A um, lot to like about this kid can can sort of uh, do some things creatively, make some plays, big arm, um, has enough athleticism, and, and a guy we were really intrigued with. But didn't seem like South Carolina was able to – I would say gain a lot of momentum with him, at least early on, especially with not being able to have visits, you know, have a guy like that. Generally, if you're going to go sign a quarterback like that, Chris, you got to get him on your campus, man. Like that, that's just, to me, it almost has to happen. And 
it continues to hurt South Carolina. I think that they can't get guys on campus. Uh, as far as the dominoes go, Notre Dame picking up a, a quarterback commitment recently. and But then the guy that I would say South Carolina fans and the South Carolina coaching staff you know, sort of had their eyes on for the most part here lately has been Tanner Bailey, the four-star quarterback from Gordo, Alabama. Obviously a, a kid that South Carolina fans have been pretty familiar with in the last few weeks, but now – some really strong competition from Oregon, maybe some competition here from Mississippi State as well. Uh, what, what's your feel? I, I think, you know, I don't know if you and I were quite ready to, to feel that strongly last week that, hey, this guy was anything close to a Gamecock lock. I think that was a hope from some South Carolina fans. But I think now, you know, if you're looking at it from the South Carolina perspective and this trip out to Oregon, you know, he takes a visit out there. Obviously, it's on his own dime. He can't actually meet with the coaching staff, but the fact that he wanted to go from from Alabama all the way to Oregon, check this program out, to me, follow the visits, says a ton about his interest in that program. It does, and, you know, it, we don't like to read, Wes, a, a whole lot all the time into some social media activity and things like that, but it is – sort of telling when you pair that together with the trip that happened and just some of the different things that have happened in Tanner Bailey's recruitment. Um, you know, there's been a lot of social media activity from him that's sort of Oregon, you know, centric. And so for South Carolina, that is alarming. I mean, this, this Oregon trip came up sort of later. He took it and, and it does seem to have put the ducks in a pretty good position. Now for me, here's the question is, you know, he's mentioned, in the past, I remember the day before South Carolina offered him in February, uh, you know, Tanner Bailey had told me that he was he didn't really have a firm timeline on his commitment. It was just going to be whenever. It could be tomorrow, he said, or it could be signing day. And so he was just going to take it as it comes. But there's been a lot of the quarterback dominoes, right, and, and quarterbacks pay attention to that stuff. There's one or two in every class. Drew Lahr committed to Penn State. There's actually two quarterbacks in their class right now. One of them's a four-star guy out of, out of New York. But, you know, the fact that Bailey has taken this trip to Oregon and if he commits soon, that, that could be bad news. That, that's something that's got to be alarming for South Carolina. So from here, it's just about trying to make an effort to, to continue communicating with him, seeing if you can maybe get him to roll through Columbia at some point soon um, and, and see if you can just prolong that process enough to maybe where this Oregon trip, maybe it, for lack of a better term, wears off. I think if you're South Carolina, that's what you need. Because other than that, the board is is sort of narrowing. You know, Drew Alar commits. Uh, Tanner Bailey is, is out there. Taven Jackson from Indiana is out there, probably classified as a tough pull, right, because of his offer list, the fact that his brother goes to Indiana. He's an in-state guy. So it is it is starting more and more for the these quarterback dominoes are starting to fall. But Tanner Bailey, I think, is an important prospect to, to see what happens with going forward. Yeah, and the buzz right now, at least from the Oregon side, um, is that Oregon feels pretty good and, and should feel pretty good here right now. It's Now, it's been interesting to sort of watch this thing turn and watch the perception of it turn, I, I think is probably the best way to say it. There, there was all this buzz coming out of Mississippi State at, at some point last week. Then the news came out that, you know, he, he was in Oregon and he dropped the little, little pin that the kids put on Twitter that, uh, signified that he was in Oregon. and But then he does an interview, Chris, with uh, Duck Sports Authority, which is the Oregon Rivals site, and 
He says, quote, right now, Auburn, which is a team that had offered, but I didn't think was necessarily much in the mix anymore. He says Auburn, Miami, another school that hasn't been mentioned as much anymore. Auburn, Miami, and South Carolina are the schools that are recruiting him the hardest. So um, he says earlier in the process, that would have been Alabama and Georgia that was recruiting him. So uh, interesting that he mentions those three schools as the ones coming at him the hardest. And I don't know, and I'm, I'm reading it right now, I don't know if it was sort of assumed that Oregon was also on that list of schools coming in the hardest. Um, maybe so he had talked so much about Oregon anyway, that was like sort of already assumed and it was sort of asked like who else, but um, interesting that those are the three schools that were first out of his mouth. Um, Miami, he has not been to Auburn. He's been to several times. Um, and of course now he has been to Oregon. So as you said, would be very interesting to see if South Carolina get, can maybe get him to delay or just in the meantime, get to Columbia because the word, you know, Chad Simmons, who does a great job in the Southeast for us here at Rivals, he is hearing by the end of the month, basically, that he's going to commit and that Oregon probably in the driver's seat right now. So interesting stuff to follow there. But I think if you're South Carolina, you're probably already starting to put the pieces together, right, to see which direction you might go if Tanner Bailey – commits to Oregon or one of these other programs. Yeah, exactly. And that's going to be, you know, I think Tanner Bailey has been a priority for South Carolina. There have been some other quarterback offers out, sure, and Drew Lard and Taven Jackson, but Tanner Bailey being a guy from Alabama that, you know, has quickly built a good relationship with the staff, I think that was the one that you sort of pointed to as being maybe the most likely out of those three, out of those new offers. We'll see what happens if any other ones come up, you know, pending what he does what Taven Jackson does, Drew Lahr now off the board. Uh, but we don't know yet. And so I think it has been interesting, Wes, that he has held off, right, that he hasn't committed to Oregon, at least publicly yet. So what does that mean? Is he, is he taking some more time? Is he mulling over some more trips? Have things worn off a little bit? We don't really know that. And so we'll continue gathering information, try to see what happens on it. Um, for South Carolina, obviously, right now the coaching staff's priority is just to continue communicating with Tanner Bailey and, and just trying to stay in this thing, trying to stay in the race. And if if he does hold off for a while, maybe waits till the end of the month, I think that bodes better. Not not to say that South Carolina will turn it around, but that it will give them a chance to do so coming off that trip from Oregon. Yeah, and I think Chris very key for South Carolina. Obviously, you you want to take a quarterback in every class and. Um, you know, the, the guys nationally that are sort of highly recruited, they're starting to, you know, you can start to tick them off the list. They've started to commit to other programs. And now I, I do think, and maybe fans don't want to hear this, but I do think because of where things are with COVID, because of sort of how the recruiting process has been for this class, there's probably some dudes out there that are really, really good and maybe just aren't on the radar yet. So if, you know, let's push forward. Let's say if South Carolina happens to miss on Tanner Bailey, there's guys out there. You just now, you have to be the team to find them. You know, you have to be the ones to go out there and either out evaluate or out network in that you find the right person to talk to that tells you, um, you know, hey, check out this guy, check out that guy, and and then you go find them. So I, I don't know who that would be that comes next, but 
there's guys out there. There's always guys out there. You just have to go find them. But I, I do think important for South Carolina to go out and get somebody who can sort of start to be a face of this class at the quarterback position that you can sell to wide receivers, that you can sell to other skill players and uh, build the class around. Yeah, and that that's another great point, you know, sort of a secondary part of it is is the recruiting aspect of being able to build around a guy, you know, creating some buzz in recruiting. That's something that, you know, I've heard some talk about where it's important for South Carolina right now to sort of build some of that momentum, get off to a good start in the class. Obviously, they got off to a good start with Anthony Rose, the four-star defensive back out of Florida, but all right, now the offensive side of the ball, so quarterback, that's a position that tends to commit earlier, as we've said, so getting a quarterback in the class that's recognizable, that's a talented player that you can, like you said, sell to wide receivers. That's important. It's important, obviously, because, like you said, Wes, you want to take a quarterback every class if you can, at least, and you want it to be a really good player because that's the most important position on the field. Guy touches the ball every time. So uh, you got that aspect of it, but then you got the aspect of players pay attention to which quarterbacks are in the class. So if you get a good one, um, you can get a guy like Tanner Bailey, for instance, star guy with a nice offer list prospects know about him they see him uh, that can certainly help no doubt man so all right i, I think we're going to cut it a little bit short today because that's uh I think that's about all i got chris what about you man yeah sounds good man shorter show today and we'll come back on wednesday and see where things are at then yeah well as i said we're starting to talk a little bit more on field football heading into spring practice coming up later on this month We'll, uh, we'll we'll effort a guest, maybe a former Gamecock for Wednesday, and then we'll have Colin Taylor on Friday. Uh, again, the shows right now in the offseason, we're going Monday, Wednesday, Friday. The times sort of vary from time to time, but uh, we'll try to put that stuff on Twitter. Follow us there at Gamecock Central. Follow me at West Mitchell GC or at GC Chris Clark on Twitter, and we'll try to post this every time uh, whenever we know the exact time of each show. Uh, Appreciate everybody joining us. Appreciate everybody in the chat. Appreciate everybody listening. For Chris, I'm Wes. We'll see you all on Wednesday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.